Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Overtime coming at you for the next two hours right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangy, producer Matthew awaiting the news to see if Todd Helton, Knoxville native, Colorado Rockies legend, Tennessee football and ba- uh, not basketball, baseball player in the 90s. A lot of people tend to forget Todd Helton was actually up in line before Peyton in 1994. Jerry Colquitt was your starter. Goes down against UCLA. Peyton Manning comes in, and then Todd Helton took over until the Mississippi State game in which Todd Helton hurt his knee. Insert Peyton Manning, and he was your starter from there until he graduated. That's impressive. That, you know, that was way that was way before my time. I don't. I wasn't alive for any of the Peyton Manning years, T. Martin era, any of it. So, um, what's the rule on the Hall of Fame? What's it? Seventy percent. Yeah, it'd be seventy-five. Seventy-five. And he's right at seventy-eight right now. Okay. For voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. to get inducted. Because Barry Bonds, I think last year was the final year that he could actually be nominated. He was not. Yeah. He's been, he's been like sixty or. Like fifty percent for his whole career, which I mean, he should be inducted, man. Well, I mean, the same thing with Pete Rose. Yeah, I was gonna say Pete Rose. Yeah, Pete Rose should be inducted. So should Barry Bonds. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the guys that helped make my childhood for baseball, at least. Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, all those guys that you know were juicing. But I mean, could you say he made baseball fun again? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. When you look at people like Aaron Judge today and Mike Trout, it's hard to tell me. You can't tell me that guy's not on something. I mean, Stanton was probably on something in Miami. Stanton. I mean, he hit like 500 feet home. Oh, John John Carlos Stanton? Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the the thing. The steroid era of baseball was the best era of baseball ever. I don't care what anybody says. It's like at the point now, like in basketball, you're never going to test LeBron, even though he probably, I would say, 99% is using PEDs. Because he's so big for the brand that you cannot afford to suspend LeBron James. Just like you can't suspend a, you can't afford to suspend Aaron Judge or John Carlos Stanton or Mike Trout. Hey, you're going to lose more money that way. So it's easier just to let them cheat. Well, I mean, and you know, we talk about not being able to uh, suspend people. You know, there's still the theory that Michael Jordan was handed down an 18 month suspension right after the Bulls won the 1993 NBA Finals. Uh, who's gambling? Yes. Yep. Went to baseball, right? Yeah, he went to the White Sox. Birmingham Barons. Yeah, he was with the White Sox, so he played for the Birmingham Barons. Um, Might have even played a game or two here in Knoxville. I think. I don't even know. It was Birmingham Birmingham Barons double A or triple? They are double A. So, no, he wouldn't have played in Memphis against the Redbirds. But, I I mean, I don't know. In the documentary, he said he just needed a – or he just needed a refresh. I don't time, know. Time away. From I don't know the game. why you would want to refresh and take time away from the game after you three peated, but I don't know. Well, the thing is, he did it twice, which I mean, they had the walkout in 1999. The only reason he came back for the Wizards was to give every bit of his salary to victims of the 9/11 attacks. Hmm. That was not prime Michael Jordan by any by any stretch. Yeah. Still a bucket though. To get, to get back to what you were talking before, like Davis said, I, I I don't know the history all the way back then, but, I mean, just to hear you rattle that off is pretty impressive. Just know everything basically until, what, night? How far do you think your football knowledge goes back? My college football knowledge? Yeah, about Tennessee. I could probably – probably 85. You could name – you could probably name the starting quarterback until 85? Just about. Hmm. I might have one or two hiccups here and there, but – 
I can pretty much tell you at least one player that was on the roster. I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm a baseball, like, I'm nowhere near. I, I, I am the definition of a casual in baseball, especially MLB, but would Todd Helton be the first, I would imagine he'd be the first Hall of Famer from Tennessee, right? Uh, I think so. I think so, yeah, because R.A. Dickey came from here, correct? R.A. Dickey and, you know, he, I wouldn't say he cost himself millions, he can't help this, but the reason that he didn't get the big contract that he should have gotten, and it probably cost him a lot of money, was he went to the doctor. And he's missing one of the major ligaments in his throwing arm. And the doctor told him, it was like, you shouldn't be able to open a door without excruciating pain. Not very familiar with that. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. But, I mean, it is impressive. I mean, I know that Mookie Betts should have been a Tennessee volunteer, but he was so good he just went straight from high school, correct? Uh, him and uh, Key Brian Hayes, who plays yeah, for the Pirates right Pirates, now. Yep. Um, and there's been a few guys, uh, Jan Gomes. The guy now, the one that came from uh, UConn. Yeah. That's just going to go straight to the pros. What was his name again? You, you know. Don't remember, but not a VFL. Yeah. yeah no, nah, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't count, man. Uh, just I mean, like – Yeah, go ahead. Just like Eric Gray and Wanye Morris are tweeting Vol for Life. No, they're not. They're not, man. No. Or Henry T. Henry I don't T. read his. No, I don't read his. You have, I mean, you have Garrett Crochet, who's on the White Sox now. Yeah. Jan Gomes, like you said, um, I'm just I, I just I just looked up major league players from University of Tennessee, a uh, bunch of nobody names that I've never heard of from the '60s and '50s, well, and then there's Todd Helton. You're gonna have a ton now with uh, Tony V. I mean that's uh, that's evident, you know. Ben Joyce lighting it up. Got Manny Ramirez's son coming here, maybe, if, if he doesn't if he go pros. Even, <laughs> I was going to say, if he even makes it yeah, here. Yeah, he'll probably go to the pros, honestly. I mean, how cool is that, though, to have someone who was a pivotal part of that Red Sox run, you know, in the early 2000s that won that World Series with David Ortiz, Kurt Schilling, yeah. those guys. His son is going to be, hopefully, a Tennessee volunteer, and Manny Ramirez will be in attendance for some of those games. Yeah, that's who I remember growing up watching was Manny Ramirez, mm-hmm. Big Poppy. Um, I know it's a different team, but like Coco CC, Crisp. Yes, Coco Crisp, yeah. uh, Yankees, CC Sabathia, like all those type of players. And even if uh, Manny Ramirez's son does just decide to go pro, it's good. I mean, it's good clout. You saw him tweet Saturday. He uh, posted, I don't even know, it was, what do you call it, GIF or whatever you call him. But, I a mean, GIF. Whatever. But, I mean, he was tweeting about Tennessee, and it's it's good publicity, man. It brings uh, attention to Tennessee baseball that, I mean, we can all be honest here that we haven't really talked about and hadn't since Tony V had been here. I mean, speaking back on growing up in baseball, I mean, a guy, a name that comes to my mind is Yoannis Cespedes. I mean, that guy was on the Oakland A's. And then, um, I mean, my stepdad's a big Cardinals fan, so David Fries and all of them. you have any cool baseball memorabilia? Because that was really hot back in the day, especially with cards and stuff like that. Uh, my my uncle has a whole collection of baseball cards. He has a Mickey Mantle rookie card. I I've think. got that as well. Uh, yeah, I think he has a bunch of signed bats, and I don't, I don't know what he has. Oh, the coolest one I've got though is a uh, Ken Griffey signed poster. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty nice. Ken Griffey Jr. Take it back. We toured Fenway like during the winter one time, and uh, yeah, the team store is still open. I'm pretty sure we bought one of those like they call it autographed baseballs. I don't even oh, know yeah. if it was real, but. <laughs> Bought it from the team store. I think it was a uh, big poppy, but that was a while ago. I don't even know what that thing is now. I do have a funny baseball story that revolves around going to 
a Cincinnati Reds game. So my friend, when he was younger, he really wanted to go to a baseball game. And his dad was a big fan of Ken Griffey Jr. And Ken, Gr- uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was playing for the Cincinnati Reds. So they go to this game, and Griffey's on deck. And he keeps complaining to his dad, Dad, I'm hungry. Can we get some nachos? Dad, I'm hungry. Can we get some nachos? So they go down. They get the nachos. And as they're standing in line, they hear a big roar. They get back to their seat, and his dad just looks at the guy next to him. Tell me what happened. Oh, you missed it. Ken Griffey Jr. just hit one right out of the park, grabs his son's nachos, slams him on the ground, and stomps on him because he's so mad that he had to miss his favorite baseball player hitting a home run live and in person. Hmm. I've got an infamous nacho story at the Red Sox game. Let's hear it. I don't know if this is this is bad, but I'll just go ahead and tell it. I, I didn't. I didn't do. Matthew's anything. covering his face. I didn't do anything wrong, but so we visited Boston about two weeks after the uh, marathon bombings back in 2013. Yeah, and the Red Sox. I forgot who they were playing, but same thing. I was like 12 at the time. I wanted some nachos, so we go to the concession stands we get the nachos they have the nachos in like the bag you know what i mean they just give you oh, a just the bag nachos. bag of chips yeah. and you have like the cheese on the thing the little container oh and so i'm going back to the seat we get back to the seat they give you gas station nachos at the red sox game no i popped open the bag that's how i always just i just always just like squeezed it real fast and it popped <laughs> and the second i popped the bag like everyone turned around just like stared at me i was like oh sorry i forgot it's like I guess they got PTSD for a second, but yeah, that was uh too soon. Yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I mean, I was just an innocent twelve year old at the time, just trying to open his nachos. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but that's that's pretty bad. In other news, Josh Heupel got that raise that we've been talking about nine million dollars per year until January of twenty twenty nine. You had to pay him that. You had to, but it makes me super nervous because I mean, uh, I don't even know, man. I, I I like Heupel. This is the most success I've ever even seen in my lifetime as a Tennessee fan. But you just don't want it to be another Mel Tucker situation. Yeah, I mean, a what, Jimbo Fisher. Situation. What happens if he goes five and seven next year? Then what? We're stuck. We're stuck. We're stuck for a while until what? Twenty twenty five. Twenty 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 five. It goes down to seventy five percent. Then after twenty twenty seven, it goes down to fifty. And then after that, it's uh, basically like hogwash. But I mean, we're we're pretty much locked in with hype unless he decides to just go uh, big league on us and go to the NFL. Or if Oklahoma comes calling, they're gonna have to back the Brinks truck up. But I mean, even well, that's the, the only school that worries me. Yeah, but but I mean, even in that worst case scenario where in the next couple of years Oklahoma does call come calling and they have to empty the banks, probably I don't know at least a hundred million that they'd have to pay between the buyout and paying his salary. We're set up pretty nicely to go hire a new football coach if that were to happen. Well, well, and that's the thing is we're in a much better situation now than what we were when he first got got here because mm-hmm. when he got here, I mean, we were in shambles. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this isn't like uh, Mike Hamilton and Elaine Kivens. I, I would trust uh, Danny White to go out and make a solid hire. I, don't, I mean, he interviewed Sonny Dykes, and we just kind of ignored that and swept him under the rug and just gave yeah. him not a single time of the day, but now – even though they went to the national championship and got beat by 50 points, I mean, he still made it. So, I, he knows what he's doing, man. What was Lincoln Riley's contract at Oklahoma? Um, 
It might have included a house because I know when USC hired him, they bought him a house in L.A. and they paid off his house. And a private jet. And a private jet. Yeah. I was just trying On to top fig- of what he's already making. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to figure yeah. out what he made at Oklahoma to compare what Hype was making now to see what they would have to pay Hype to get him over there. Well, they'd have to pay more than $9 million already off the top. Be paying a lot. And that's the thing is Matthew drops his headphones behind the desk. Goodness. Okay, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Give me some figures, Bleach Report. They don't know what they're doing. I keep going on. This is, uh, he got a contract extension in uh, July of 2020. And then left the next year. Yeah. Oh, there's no telling what USC had to pay out. Six year, his contract to Oklahoma was six year, forty five point two million. Oh, that's so not only as bad. Seven million yeah, a year. Seven million, yeah. I say that's not bad. I mean, that's still seven half amount to pay. Uh, seven and a half. half excuse yeah. me. Half a Jim Fisher. Which and the thing is, USC's not a. They're not a public institution. That so they got no state funding from that. That was all what they're charging for tuition and whatever the boosters give, and. It makes you wonder if USC feels like they've got their return on investment. I mean, compared to what it's been in the past, I'd say USC probably feels like they're getting their return on investment, but they've not got the full potential on it. Feels just like a absolute like repeat of Oklahoma. I mean, they absolutely choked away the Pac-12 championship this year because they would have definitely been in the playoff had they won. But um, I just don't know if Lincoln Riley can win you a national championship. I mean, he can get you the Heisman quarterback, but – that's about it. Can he get you over the hump is the question. Well, he couldn't do it at Oklahoma. I mean, they were transfer portal merchants this year. Well, I mean, you got to think about what happened at Oklahoma. He had the likes of uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen, Kyler Hurts. Murray, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Hurts, and he yeah. could not get it done. Because, well, they went to a playoff how many times? Four? They went – Every what? year except his last. Yeah. yeah. I think four of them. Yeah. yeah. Four, yeah. But, I mean, his quarterbacks are by far and away the best out of anyone in the country, but the rest of his team just can't compete with the big dogs of the SEC or anything. That they cannot. Let's go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Martin is up first. What do you say, Martin? What do you say, Jake? Not a lot. Jake, who's the defensive back at? We're looking at out of uh, Mississippi. Ig, but I saw I have a hard time saying his name. I'll find the exact way how to say it, but you know these names are getting harder and harder to pronounce. Martin, he he <laughs> was he was a um, freshman All American this year. He started for him, so I, I would love to have him if we could get him. He's big time, isn't he? Yes, sir, he is. If I can find his name. But, yeah, I mean, we definitely need secondary help. And, I mean, you're looking at a situation where you could possibly have uh, BYU transfer on one side of the ball and then you'd have this Ole Miss transfer on the other side of the ball, which is crazy to think about. Yes. And, Jake, I want to tell you something. What you got? I look for Cameron Sheldon to have a great year at running back next year. That's going to be really interesting and fun to watch. I can't wait myself, Martin, with the talent that we've got coming in. You know, both from our freshmen that are coming in and our transfers, it's it's really exciting to see because you know I think we were all kind of expecting a down year. You know, losing Hinton Hooker, losing Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman, guys like that. But the more that I see coming in, the more excited that I get. Yes, and where did you think going to put Deshaun Bishop? He can play four different positions. I was going to say that one is going to be interesting to see. Maybe move him over to linebacker, but 
I don't know. If he can play that slot receiver position, you might want to throw him out there. But at the same time, you've got so many weapons there already that you almost don't want to mess with it. Martin, the uh, Ole Miss transfer's name is Davison Igbenosin from Ole Miss. Yes. Pronounce his last name again. Igbenosin. Whew. Bob Kesslin might retire on that one. I thought Nico <laughs> Nico's last name was bad, but this one might. That might be the straw that breaks Camel's back. Igbenosin. Yes, sir. Yes. What's his first name? Davison. Wow, he's got a trip name to remember. Yep, sure does. <laughs> yes, and I like to see Deshaun Bishop do well because in my football time for Tennessee, mm-hmm. they're saying he can play four different positions, running back, the slot, defensive back, and uh, kick returner. Hey, now that might be a weapon we have. If you throw him back there to return kicks, he breaks a few. You become a legend that way. That's what happened with Leonard Scott. Yes. I just hope he does well. And and Russell kept telling me, he said, he said Martin, he said, the boy ain't, uh, he, he said, I don't know if he's up to Tennessee's level. Yeah, I might have to step down because smaller schools were looking at him. Mm-hmm. But I told Russell the whole time that we was going to get him. Mm-hmm. And on signing date, I told Russell, I said, Russell, I told you, I said, I told you we was going to get Deshaun uh, Bishop. And he said, yeah. He said, yeah, Martin said, you nailed it. Well, you did. I mean, Russell has to admit that. You nailed it, Martin. You were on top of that. Even when he committed to Coastal Carolina, you kept saying that you thought that he would end up being at the University of Tennessee, and you were 100% spot on. Yes. And it's Davison. What's his last name, Davison? Davison um, Ignabosin. Igbenosin. 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 Yes, sir. I, I, I appreciate you, boys. Hey, we appreciate you, Martin. All right. Let's get Fake Bob in here, and then we'll hit a break. Fake Bob, what's up, man? How are you all doing? Pretty good. Hey, so uh, I got a question for you all, and I'm not going to say that we're going to lose tomorrow night, but do you feel like tomorrow night uh, like a trap game? Oh, it 100% is. Mike White's the coach. It's Georgia. And the thing is, we know that Georgia's not a great basketball program, but it it's kind of like South Carolina in football. And I'm not just referring to this past season. I mean, that game has always been kind of weird. You know, weird stuff just happens in that game on both sides and same with Tennessee and Georgia basketball. Weird stuff just seems to happen. And you've got game day coming here Saturday also. So, Well, and something else to think about, if you guys remember, last year when the Georgia beat rider came on the drive, I think Tennessee was favored by 16 and a half. And he was on here preaching the praises of Tennessee. He's like, just go ahead and bet your entire mortgage on Tennessee to cover that spread. And I hope you did not do that because Tennessee did not cover the spread. Yeah, I just – it just has that feeling to it that it's just going to be a sloppy Tennessee just going through the motions kind of thing, and we just walk out of there tomorrow night with like a five to ten point win. We're we're favored by sixteen and a half again this year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, here we go. I'll take Georgia to cover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then. Uh, about the game Saturday, like I think it's going to come down to the point guard play because I think it's going to be a fun matchup with that Hunter kid for them against the Kai. 
Yeah, we were looking at Hunter too, weren't we? Out of Iowa State, same guy. Yeah, wish we could have had him, but yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Texas is very talented and deep, also, so it's gonna be a high level game Saturday. Yeah, no, I know they were talking about Aaron Torres earlier on the drive, and he was talking about that matchup, and he said that Hunter's about the only kid on their team that can really like create their own offense and shot and stuff so he said it'd probably be the key of stopping texas if we're going to beat them and we got some breaking news guys uh third baseman scott Rowland is the lone player elected to the 2023 baseball hall of fame class todd helton left out wow that's uh unfortunate we're hated even in baseball well, boys, on my way out, I'm just going to ask whenever the uh, watch party for the Milk Manor of Fan Run is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens on the drive. Is it over? Is that show out yet? Uh, I guess so. Hmm. What what show? Milf Manor. <laughs> it's like a bunch of, uh, they put a bunch of milfs bombs. on an island, and then um, it's. I think the big secret is that they think they're going to go over there and meet young guys, young, good-looking guys. And then once they get there, they have no idea, and they put the curtain down. It's all their sons. It's all of their sons. It's like 20 girls and 20 sons. Yeah, yeah it's like 20 so, moms and, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a weird. That's Yeah, that's a uh, – I don't know if I'll be <laughs> tuning into that show. <laughs> oh, it's out. Oh, it has it a 2.9 out of 10 rating. Nice. Don't tell Adam Hickman. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Russell Bear, I know you're listening. I'm glad that you all had to bring this up because look at what you've started. Single women between 40 and 60 seek love with single men in their 20s while staying in a beautiful retreat in Mexico. Here we go. How many episodes? Uh, I don't know. It says Discovery Plus is the only place you can watch it according to Google. Oh, my God. Well, Discovery Plus is downloads will be going up tonight. Oh, you can watch it on Hulu, too. Uh, well, and YouTube for $1.99. Oh, okay. Well. Won't be the only thing going up. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, all right. <laughs> Stay with us. Overtime continues. More Fan Run Radio on the way. Here on Overtime, Fan Run Radio, and back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Roberto is next. What do you say, Berto? What's up, guys? How are you today? Living the dream, man. That makes fun of us. Cool. Uh, so, um, you know, I just want to uh, – uh, on college basketball right now. Okay. It feels like this could be Tennessee's year. I'm, I'm just—I've really been chewing on this all day. It really feels like this could be Tennessee's year because, man, college basketball is bad. Well, I mean, it's—it's it's just bad basketball. Let's call it like it is, Roberto. It's not the level of basketball that we watched in the mid 2000s and even just a few years ago pre-COVID. You know, when there was still some exciting right. basketball being played. And ever since then, dude, well, I just feel like it's bad basketball. Year, well, I feel like even last year, 
I feel like last year was even better, and that may be COVID rollover because you had some like twenty-five-year-olds playing college basketball still. Yeah, I mean you had right? gr- grown but men going up against eighteen-year-olds. Yeah, and pretty much all of those are off the books now. I mean, there's some, but not many, especially in college basketball. Football still exists a lot, but college basketball that that kind of takes care of itself, you know. It does. Um, and and oh, man, I just feel like Tennessee has a shot to do something. That, you know, uh, I was on the drive earlier. I, like, I just they were kind of razzing me about my my take on Barnes. I just don't think Barnes is a good March coach. I don't. Well, they they a, were back. Tra- I think this is going to be. The, say what? They were trying to come back at you over that. I mean, Roberto, the record speaks for itself. I mean, the guy. Well, the I said best he's ever done is do Sweet well Sixteen here. March. Well, I said if they do well in March, it will be in spite of their coach. And they disagreed with that. And that's fine. We're all adults. I'm an adult. I can take that. But but at the same time, like, his record stands. It is what it is. And we better damn well be a two-seed or higher. There's no excuse I mean, this that's year. that's the math. Sir? There's no excuse to why we shouldn't be at least a two-seed this year. I know that a couple of people have us in their number one. That he's only outplayed his – I think I read the other day he's only outplayed his seed line three times in, like, 36 years. By the way, guys, he has a losing record in the tournament of twenty-five and twenty-six all time. That's not good. So he's only been in. The, so he's only been in twenty-six tournaments. I thought it was higher than that. Well, then three of those twenty-six, he's he's outplayed his seed line three times. So that would be twenty nineteen, the year he made the final four, and mm-hmm. is that it? I can't. I, I can't remember. There's one more, but I can't remember. I'm being as honest as I can. I just heard three, okay? Yeah. It may be ten for all I know, but I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably not. When you have a freaking losing record, that's almost impossible. You know, he just doesn't outplay a seed line. No. And so I mean, we better be a two seed. We better, if we want to go to the Elite Eight, we better. If we want to go to the Final Four, you better be one seed. I mean, that's how the cookie crumbles. I mean, you have to be a one seed if you want to make himself. it. Maybe that's what he realized about himself. That's why he pushed his team so hard. In, in the regular season and burn him out. He's not doing that as much this year. And I think, and I, I've eaten my, I've taken my medicine several times and I've, I've said it on this show too, so I'll do it on this show. Triple J has been our best player for the last two games. If he plays like that and, and ZZ plays like he is, and let's throw in X, let's throw in an X factor of Julian Phillips being the same as he's played the last two games. Tennessee can go deep. They can. Because the rest of the guys is essentially defense. That's your offense right there. And you get Vasco hitting threes. And, and if not him, Tyreek. And you, and you have a good nucleus to win a whole bunch of games. Absolutely. And, Roberto, we posed this question yesterday. You know, we were talking about the 2019 team versus this team. Mm-hmm. Which guy well, on 2019 this team? would win because they have, I said it on the last show, they have killers. They have guys at the end of the game. Give me the freaking ball. I'm going to score. And that just proves that you know what you're talking about when it comes to basketball because everyone that knows what they're talking about when it comes to basketball has agreed with us on that. And, I mean, you think about who would take the last shot on this team. There's 10 seconds left. You have one player that you can put the ball in the hands of, and I don't know if I trust anybody to just 100% go out and get you a bucket. The only guy I would say could become that guy is Phillips. Everybody else isn't that guy, and it's not of any of their own doing. No, it's okay, not. Right now, I guess the guy would probably be Triple J. But that's what's weird about this Barnes, the way that Barnes has built this team is they, anybody can go for 15 or 20 a night. Any, I mean, 
even Euros has proven that. Every guy in our starting lineup has scored at least 19 points in a game this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think you're correct on that. And The yeah. only one who may not have is actually, ironically, uh, Phillips. Okay? Uh, but I think that if you have a finisher, he's the guy who shoots free throws really well. Um, and that's the guy, but he's, he's not there. So the answer to your query is it doesn't exist. And that's why. Schofield, Grant, you give them the ball. So that team was better. Now, this team is markedly better defensively. Agreed. And and that may conjure up the ability to go deeper in the tournament. It very well could. And, you know, it's funny, Roberto. We actually, last week, I think we were having the conversation about the all-time Barnes reject team, like guys that have transferred elsewhere that are just doing very well for themselves. One of the prime examples was just on last year's team, Remember? Justin Powell. Mm-hmm. Oh, Justin Powell. I mean, Justin Powell at the two, Drew Pember at the three. Uh, what, what's what's the big goon? DJ Burns. Thank you, DJ Burns at the four. I mean, I, I don't know of a point guard that's that's transferred out, but I mean that's that's a hell of a starting <laughs> that that's a good nucleus to to put a team in the tournament right there yeah you got victor bailey off the bench shooting 50 percent from three at george mason right is now he's still playing college basketball yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. he's at he's, george mason <laughs> yeah he's shooting 50 percent from the three right now oh is he really <laughs> i did not know that's unreal i'm pretty sure uh, uh bailey was in school when i was at ut uh and i was at ut like 17 years ago so uh guys <laughs> i hope you have a great day thanks for so much of your time and and uh being so generous with it Absolutely. Thank you so much, Roberto. Roberto coming in, giving his opinion. Ah, yeah, so. so Rick Barnes in March is – so his overall record is 25-26 and 26 all-time in the tournament. At Tennessee, he is 4-4. Four and four. Um, At Texas, he was 19-16 and 16 all-time. At Clemson, he was 2-3. and three. And at Providence, he was 0-3. Hmm. So he has a winning record with Kevin Durant. Yes. But I mean, he. And TJ Ford. Yeah. The TJ Ford team. Who? I don't even know who he had in 2007, 2008. That, that would have been LaMarcus Aldridge, wouldn't it? Was that KD's team? No, that was KD's team. Uh, yeah. They lost to Memphis in the lead eight. Yeah. As a two seed. Was, um, was that DJ Augustine's team as well on that team? Probably. I think you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Says I'm looking the said the amount of times he's been a two seed so far, even going back to Texas, he's lost in the Elite Eight. By the way, he's going into the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Who? Rick Barnes. Yeah, he is. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm not to say he's not a. I'm not saying he is a bad coach. I'm just he, he underperforms in March. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. That's well, all yeah. we're saying. We're not saying he's not a Hall of Fame head coach. We're just saying he just can't get over that hump. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He's been a two-seed how many times now? Um, let's see. At Texas, he was the two-seed twice. Uh, he was here. Yeah, he was the two-seed here in 2019. Yeah. Um, God, that team should have won it all. Obviously. Two-seed twice at Texas. Did he ever get a number one seed? Yes, he did. He's been a two-seed three times, and he's lost Elite Eight, Elite Eight, Sweet 16. Who did they who they lose to in the final four? You say Memphis? No, no lost to Memphis in Elite Eight. Okay. Yeah. He lost to God man, this article is so long. 
We lost to Syracuse in the Final Four as a one seed. Oh, Syracuse was they a were three. elite. Yeah. Oh, was that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Stay with us. Overtime <laughs> continues. More fan run radio on the way. Fan Run Radio Overtime continues in the final segment of hour number one. Let's go right back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Bill is next. What do you say, Philly? What do you say, Jack the Snake? Philly! Been out drinking some beers, feeling good. Good! I like beer. <laughs> I like multiple beers. Then I heard you uh, talking to Roberto about the those dummies at 3 o'clock. They don't know nothing about basketball. I mean, Phil, you said it, not me, but I'll go ahead and say it. I try to be humble, Phil. Baron W. don't know a thing about basketball. I try to educate them every day, but they just don't understand it, you know. They never will, which, Phil, I mean, I, I guess growing up around the game, growing up around coaches and guys that went on to play at Division One at the Division One level, I mean, I may or may not have been around the block a time or two. Well, I would be around the block and not never done anything, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Phil. Yeah, but uh, you look at Tennessee, uh, man, they got a golden opportunity in front of them, but I, I just don't know if they got enough guard play to do anything. I mean, that's the thing, Phil, is the opportunity is there, and college basketball as a whole is down. You know, Roberto hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, this year I just – there's very few exciting games that I've watched this year, and the only ones that were exciting to me were the ones that I had money on. Huh. That's a good point. There has been a lot of bad games. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, unless you're playing in a preseason tournament, it's not really been. I mean, like Virginia Tech and Duke was somewhat exciting last night because the Duke player got punched in the throat, but that was about it. (laughs) (laughs) Where's uh, Davey Hudson now? Is he still a Duke fan? He's still a Duke fan. He's uh, doing his thing over at Outkick. We ain't Outkick, but Duke, Duke is worse than us now. I mean, that, pretty uh, cool, you know? I mean, they've slipped off. They uh, they did the whole thing. Let's hand it off to the next guy and see what he can do. And it's not uh, it's not going well for him. And I think it has a lot to do, Phil, with a lot of guys. We talked about it yesterday, just playing for themselves instead of acting as a collective unit, as a team. And I think that's something that we're going to see for a few few years now. You see how uh, Duke uh, changed their damn uh, uniforms? You see that stupid stuff they got in those uniforms now? Which one are you talking about? The wording on it, or which it looks one? Looks like cursive. I mean, what kind of crap's that? I mean it. It's they're try, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do like the old English font, and it just does yeah. not look good. It looks awful. Yeah, I, I was wanting to find out what it was, and, he, and I guess that's a good explanation for it, isn't it? Like, if, if you go to Duke, all their buildings look like Harry Potter. Like they're all the same. They look old. <laughs> they look like dusty, but. Yeah, I don't know. They're trying to go with that theme, I guess. Hmm. So I guess Hopple's going to make $9 million now, right? Yep, that is it. $9 million a year through January of 2029. Well, that's just, that's, that's just the way college football is. Now you have to pay it. I mean, who else is he going to get? I mean, that's the thing is I, I couldn't tell you anybody that could come in here and do better unless his name's Kirby Smart. I mean, he actually has done a good job. He has. I mean, he's rallied the fan base. He's rallied the team. They're acting as a collective unit. Everybody's playing for each other instead of themselves. 
I mean, all honesty, they took out their second string and beat Clemson. That, I mean, yeah. that's the big thing. A skeleton crew. Yeah. Beat we, a full strength Clemson. We just pieced it together, and there it was, and it was still good. Has Martin called in yet? I heard he's wanting more basketball recruiting information. I was hoping y'all have some, you know? Don't have any basketball recruiting information, but uh, we did get a what I assume is going to be a walk-on player out of the mid-state. What's his name? Uh, Dayton Sneed. Dayton Sneed. Dayton Sneed, yep. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. Is that any good? Uh, Phil, I'm going to be honest with you. He's probably going to walk on here, and then he's going to transfer down after the first year. Yeah, he doesn't have a 24-7 or anything, so he has a huddle. People want to go watch that. Buddy, I've got a huddle from when I was in <laughs> high school. <laughs> I like this new guy you got to uh, – with that English accent, he, he knows what the heck's going on, don't he? I mean, that's that's what he does. That's what Matthew does. Matthew knows his basketball. Is he from down under or is he from? Yeah, yeah, I am. He's from Australia, wow. Phil. Wow. Well, I mean, Australia's got some players, don't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving was born there. I mean, Josh Giddy. Yeah. They've we, got plenty we, of players. We produced the talent. Hey, that's man. where we got Vescovy. From the, yeah. from the Global think, Academy. I, I see the uh, well that prime minister over in New Zealand uh, resigned, so oh, yeah. I think Australia's going. There's going to resign too. Uh yeah, probably. You know, with all the COVID regulations going on and everything else with the government, New Zealand first, and next Australia. Huh. Let's go. Go. We can talk about everything on the show. You know. What? I mean, that's the beauty of overtime, Phil. We can call in. We can talk about anything you want. If you want to talk about fraudulent elections. The fake president we got, that's the best one-liner you ever had, Phil, by the way. How you like that? I mean, we were... I just... <laughs> Go ahead there, uh, Jake Snake. So, my favorite Phil call, I think, of all time, we were talking about fake presidents in movies last year, and Russell wanted to know who the best fake president of all time was. Phil calls in, you guys talking about fake presidents? Russell's like, yeah. Well, the one we got in office right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then you got fake vice president on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I mean, nine men for a football coach. Rick Barnes makes six million. I mean, they got all kinds of money. Let's, let's, let's do out and do something, Mo. You know what? Hey, six and nine. Nice. 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 That's nine to six is what? Fifteen men? Fifteen yeah. mil. Yep. Well, is that well? Uh, is that the going rate? What does Nate Oates make down there at Alabama? I think he's what? I think he's making about four and a half. He'll get a raise after this year for sure. Oh. Yeah. And you got Muscle Man down there in Arkansas. He's a good coach. Nate Oates makes uh, $3.24 million. Muscle, Muscle Man makes $4 million. Wow. Buzz Williams makes $4 million. Huh. Wow. Who do you think Tennessee will go after once uh, – Collector says it's time for me to retire. Well, let's call it like it is. Alabama does not care as much about their basketball program as they do their football program. Go get Nate Oates. The connection is already there. You think Danny White? Because, I mean, Alabama will pay. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, is Alabama a better job in Tennessee? Their facilities are nowhere near no. as good. And, you know, he's been complaining about getting a new arena. I don't even know if they'll give him a new arena. Well, no, because all the money's going to go to the football program. Exactly. If he's yeah. fed up, just hire him here. We got the arena for sure. Exactly. And then you go, if you're Danny White, what you do is you go and you meet with Nate Oates and you say, listen, if it wasn't for me, you probably wouldn't even be where you're at right now. I gave you your chance at Buffalo. Now it's your time to return the favor to me and come to Knoxville. 
when's uh, Jake Snake going to have a get-together or come over to the drunk tank? I mean, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll come over to the drunk tank. Next time the girl's out of town, Phil, I'll come over. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Well, I know how it is, though. They, they rule the roof, so you know. Well, I mean, as long as I can play my PlayStation and eat as many pizza rolls and cheese crystals as I want, I'm happy. Well, cheese crystals ain't bad, especially when you blow it away, you know? <laughs> I don't know if he said when you're blowed away or when you blow it away. He said blow it away. Well. Can you guess what uh, Rick Barnes' buyout is? Am I going to get mad? It's get $20 million. You want to have a guess? Nah, there's no way it's that high. You want to have a guess? What is it, 15? $23 million. I was Are close. you kidding me? $23.1375 million. Hey, you Are know what? You Nate Oates' buyout right now, if you want to go down to Alabama after this year and buy him out, it would only cost $9.8 million. So you could out buy out Nate Oates twice before you buy out Rick Barnes once. Who's uh who's the highest paid college basketball coach? Cal probably. Nope. Bruce. Nope. It's Bill Self. Yep. This is based that. on twenty twenty one numbers, so the twenty three million buyout is probably less now. But still, uh, Bill Self was making ten million dollars. That's insane, man. I I would love Nate Oates here. The facilities are just so much better here. It's, I mean, there's there's better ball players here than there is in Alabama too. We can be honest about that. Uh, from the basketball standpoint, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, uh, not to mention you've got Bobby Mays running the B Mays Elite just right down the road. You got well, Catholic High School who's pumping out athletes. I don't know how long we'll be getting Catholic athletes anymore. Uh, oh. Jaden Springer was the last B Mays athlete, and. Now he's – I don't even know if he's – he might be in the G League. I'm not sure. I think he – The Sixers. He, he, yeah, he's in the Sixers. He's playing the G League now because Keon yeah. was being traded around. It's the Blazers now. Yeah, he's yeah. the Clippers. Admiral's finally getting – Playing time over yeah. there. Speaking of Magic, Jonathan Isaac came back after – 906 days. Yep. We're going to make our picks when we come back. Guess who's coming back? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you sure Halliburton's playing tonight? He's not playing tonight, but he's going to be back soon. I think he's out for like six months. No. Felt <laughs> <laughs> feels like it. Yeah. I, um, the battle of mid tonight, Bulls at Pacers. Oh, man. Who? Who? That's a that's a that's a fun rating of zero. Yeah. Celtics and Heat. You see, uh, Tatum was grabbing his side last night, and they're like, they asked him after the game, "Did you have a rib injury?" He's like, "Nah, I just uh, I had a little issue that I had to go take care of." Ooh. Nice. Hit a bullet, Paul Pierce. Sick Paul Pierce two point oh. Sick yep. wheelchair. <laughs> uh, the fact he did all of that to just use the restroom it's amazing how one of the worst teams in the league is literally owns one of the best teams in the league this year magic could beat the celtics three times now this year that's so weird yep, yep they just have their number no one else does and a lot of teams have to go to these numbers i stop man i don't want to get off on this tangent stick to uh tennessee man no one wants to hear about the poverty grizzlies well, let me ask you this. How did we do on our picks last night? You went 4-1. and one. We went 4-1. and one. Who didn't score 20? Fox, because they were blowing us out by 30. He had 17 with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then when they blew it open, they just uh, took him out. rode with the bench. Yep. Oh, man. Let Davion Mitchell cook. Yep. Trey Lyles cooking. My favorite line from last night, I said, Desmond Bain. Oh, there's your L for tonight, buddy. Desmond Bain, 20. Zach Levine scared me. We have 20. He had 20. He had 20 on the dot. Nice. Um, yeah. 
Clarkson at 18. That was our only loss. The one bet that I made a singular bet was uh, I had DeMar DeRozan under 27.5 points. Mm. Yeah, 26. <sighs> nice. Way to sweat that one out. Whew, that, was, that one was rough. Um, Rockies Todd Heldon fell just 11 votes short of the ele- short of election. He got 72.2% in his fifth year on the ballot. Yep. How many years can you be on the ballot? What is it, that's 10 a, years? That's a Google question. I think it's 10 years, dude. I, like, I think it's 8 or 10. I can't remember. How many years? Can... You know like when you find interest in a team and you lose that interest after your favorite players are gone? Like growing up, I loved the Celtics because of Paul Pierce. Antoine Walker, guys like that. Yeah. And then when Paul Pierce was no longer a Boston Celtic, I kind of tuned out for a minute. It's uh, 10 years, by the way, for baseball. Yeah. 75% in 10 years. Hmm. So, I guess you uh, run it back next year. You got five more chances. Yep. (sighs) You'll get there eventually. You will. You will. Stay with us. Hour number one is in the books. John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show joins us in the next hour. It's Fan Run Radio. It's overtime. We're back with more right after this. Hey, guys. It's Jake.